0: Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, Today, we're going to give you a few tips and have a bit of a chat on um, seven mistakes um, when bidding at Brisbane auctions.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Yes, um, obviously Brisbane as a capital city has not traditionally been a city whereby auctions have been the most common method of sale. In fact, private treaty sales have definitely dominated throughout our city. But I think we've seen in the last 18 to 24 months during the market surge that there's been more and more people that elect to sell their homes by auction. Now, across the, the same period of time, our team have attended a A number of auctions, hundreds of auctions, in fact, um, and we constantly see the same mistakes that buyers are making. So we decided to dedicate um, a whole episode to, you know, the important things that you need to remember when you are bidding at auction here in Brisbane, because the process is different to the process in other states. And then, of course, we're going to highlight the seven biggest mistakes that um, we see property buyers making and how you can avoid making those same mistakes yourself.
1: Yeah, I must admit, um, look, previously years gone by, um, we, I was never a big fan on auctions, I suppose. Um, but now I, I actually prefer an auction, to be honest. Um, it, it's You get an honest price, you know what the next person is prepared to pay. Um, you could pay just uh, say a thousand dollars more than that person, um, so I, I think it's a really good, clear way to understand what the market is prepared to pay for a property, um, as opposed as opposed to things like multi offers and negotiations behind closed doors and things like that. So it's a, I think it's a good way to understand what the market is prepared to pay for a property. Um, obviously, there's restrictions on people that can buy at auction because conditions, um, you know, cash and unconditional. Um, to buy the property. But I think it is a really, really clear way to understand what properties are worth um, and what people are prepared to pay.
0: Yeah, there's definitely nothing worse than um, a silent auction, which is sort of like the multiple offer process here in Brisbane. And we have covered that in previous episodes. And in that instance, you really have no transparency or visibility in relation to what someone else is prepared to pay, whereas at auction, um, it's all right there in front of you. You can see your competition, you can hear your competition, and therefore you know um, where the level of the market value might be. So, obviously, um, the whole purpose of an auction is, you know, is to get the best price for the vendor. Um, but the buyer is also in control of that process uh, because they're the ones that are actually setting. Um, the bid amount. Of course, auctioneers will do everything that they can um, to increase bid increments from the bidders. And they do also create a sense of urgency, especially good auctioneers. And we've seen so many mistakes that buyers make just because of the momentum that an auctioneer can generate during an auction campaign or during an auction process. Um, Obviously, the sales agent's job as well is to talk to the bidders. Um, They often stand next to bidders. They often uh, walk around the room or around the yard to, to get in people's ear to help them um, bid up and give them confidence to continue bidding. So the whole purpose is to get the best price uh, for the seller in terms of what the sales agent is there to do. So as a buyer, um, it's your job, obviously, to buy the property for the lowest possible price. You cannot ever control other bidders and what they might be prepared to pay. But there are some strategies that you can do or certainly things that you should not do um, that, that we can help you with today.
1: So it's interesting when you said that about um, auctioneers have different um, ways that they conduct their auctions. Um, look, some of them are fantastic. I think some of them, the way they actually get people to relax, people to engage—not um, probably some, some obviously are a bit daunting. I think, but um, look, there's generally they're they're there to help. They're there to probably get the right price for the for the vendor, obviously. Um, but they um, they get that engagement from the crowd and create that excitement, and um, sometimes people get caught up in that excitement as well. So. Um, Before we jump into it all, um, to to obviously the bid at auction, Linda, just a quick explanation for people. Um, Obviously, you have to register and there's obviously things you have to do prior to the auction beginning or selling.
0: Absolutely. So we'll go into the due diligence that should be done prior a little bit later in this episode. But most importantly, here in Queensland, it is a requirement under the Property Occupations Act that anyone wanting to put forward a bid on a property that is for sale Um, by public auction, must be registered. Now, to register, um, you must provide photographic identification and there is a registration process that needs to take place. Now, we do see quite often that some people will um, bid on behalf of others. Now, here in Queensland, you must have authority to be bidding on behalf of someone else, and that authority must also be provided in writing. So there's the top two um, tips that you need to remember here. In Queensland, the legislation does require all registered bidders um, to be registered, and also it does require anyone bidding on behalf of another to have authorization in writing provided to the sales agent prior to the auction.
1: Now, to register, obviously, you have to be registered before the fall of the HAMMER, Um, My biggest tip on that is don't leave it at the last minute. If if you're interested in registering or interested in the property, um, don't put the stress on yourself. Um, Register before the auction actually begins, um, and then you can stand in the crowd and, and join in amongst that. But, yeah, register beforehand. It's usually a good tip to start with.
0: And we have seen it where, you know, a property might stall for negotiations and um, we've seen people register at that point. It does hold up proceedings for everybody involved. Um, If you're there and, and you think that you might like to buy it for whatever price, we always recommend registering early so that you can be in a position to buy in the event that the property... Um, is still at a level that you're comfortable to pay.
1: Yeah, so cool. Let's jump into it. One, so, cool.
0: can, before we do, and sorry to hold you up there, but one other thing that's different here in Queensland when a property is listed for sale by auction is that you don't, um, you're don't, you not provided with a price guidance from the sales agent. That's very different um, to other states where you might be provided with a quote range. That is not the case here in Brisbane. And in fact, um, agents are usually silent on the amount that the the property is likely to sell for. So, you know, there's certain things that you can do to get an indication of that, like asking the sales agent for a list of comparable sales that they might have um, been looking at to support the level that the sellers um, are looking to achieve. That's one way you can get an indication. But to be honest, it's it's a matter of understanding the market and doing your own due diligence because there will be no price guidance provided by a sales agent here in Queensland and that is certainly not part of our legislation, unlike other states. I'm glad
1: you said that because we were at a conference recently and another buyer's agent I was talking to who's was from down south, when I told them that, they said, oh, my God, really? You don't get any guidance? Said, no, no, and they said, well, you guys you guys have to, have to do a lot more work, obviously, because um, we they get guidance, obviously, in other areas, but, yeah. As you said, in Queensland, we it, they cannot give that um, that guidance of that price um, at an auction. So, number one, one of the biggest mistakes which we've we've got in here is, is probably talking to the agent about the price prior to the auction.
0: Yeah. Now, of course, you know a lot of agents are very skilled at extracting information from buyers, ex- especially inexperienced buyers, um, and what they're looking for throughout an auction campaign is an indication. From the market in terms of what the market might be prepared to pay and that enables them to have conversations with their sellers around um, the property price and it will also help them to have conversations prior to auction day around what the reserve price might be set at. Now, there's different ways that sales agents might do this. And for a lot of buyers, it might not even be conscious to them that these are things that, um, or these are ways that agents use to extract this information. So one of the the most popular um, methods of extracting this information is for agents to actually encourage pre-auction offers. Now, of course, there is always going to be an opportunity um, to submit an offer prior to auction, and um, potentially buy a property without the full auction campaign um, being completed. However, that's going to come down to so many different circumstances. Uh, what does the seller want? What's their urgency of sale? Um, how much buyer interest is there on the property? And I remember just last year in the height of the market, you know, probably around um, October, November, when the Brisbane market was at its peak in terms of buyer activity. Um, an auction that, you know, we were following the campaign on behalf of for our client. The agent was, you know, letting us know that they'd received four or five uh, written offers prior to the auction. But at this stage, none are at a level that the sellers were willing to accept. And yet every time we turned up to the open homes, there was 50 groups of people walking through that property. So, you know, it would be very unlikely that a sales agent would accept a pre-auction offer in circumstances where they know the demand on that property was so high um, and that's, that's an, an, an indication or a specific set of circumstances whereby a pre-auction offer is simply going to show your hand and it's going to give the agent an indication of what you're prepared to pay on auction day. And that's one way that they're going to extract information about price.
1: Yeah, I think, I think a general look, as a guide, a, a general auction campaign normally will run for about four weeks. Um, obviously, when the market was going crazy, and as it was, they were shortening those up for about two-week campaigns. Uh, it's a good time to communicate with the agent, obviously. So communication, keeping close to the If you're interested in the property, you definitely want to keep good communication with the agent and keep close to them so that you can understand who's interested, how many people are interested as well. Um, asking them, you know, if there's a... They'll ask probably things like, you know, if you've looked at other properties, do you think this one's um, superior or inferior compared to the other recent sales in the area? That'll give them a bit of a gauge then on what you're thinking as well. On where you think the value is on the property.
0: And there's some of those little questions that they'll sneak in just in general conversation. So you might not even be aware that they're seeking some price feedback from you, but it is a way that they're extracting information from um, a property buyer to report back to their seller. And you know, of course, there's a lot of buyers that um, don't show their hand and they might not give accurate price feedback at that time. Um, and, you know, that's up to a sales agent to decipher. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, giving anything to the agent prior to the auction can give them an upper hand, especially if you are really showing your hand around where your top budget might be on auction day. And that's going to put you on the back foot when it comes time to, um, to bidding on the property.
1: So biggest tip on that, that first one, I think, is probably do your own research Understand where you think you sort of see value. Don't disclose too much information to the agent. Um, Communicate, but don't give too much information away. Um, You know, if you're interested in it, let them know that yeah, you're probably, you're still possibly gonna be there on auction day. Um, But yeah, keep good close communication, do your research and understand where you think you see value.
0: Okay the second biggest mistake that we see Brisbane property buyers make when they are bidding at auction is not completing all of the required due diligence upfront prior to auction day. Now I think this is a mistake that we that, that exists across all of Australia but you know when you are purchasing a property under auction conditions you are buying unconditionally so the contract of sale cannot be conditional upon a finance clause or conditional upon you um, completing building and pest inspections or anything like that. So it is so important that all of that property due diligence is done up front. Um, some sales agents will provide some um, due diligence reports and that might provide a summary in terms of um, what zoning the property is, what's underground, you know, whether there's any flood risk. Um, But a lot of buyers don't even pick that information up. Um, A lot of buyers might not understand how to interpret that information. So it is important that you do all of those thorough checks up front. And importantly, building a pest inspection. Scott, I know that's something that, you know, we will always review, even if provided by a seller prior to auction.
1: Yeah, we just make sure. I mean, that's probably something I mean, I see all the time um, being a builder that, as you said, the due diligence, understanding of what those things are with flood, noise impacts, underground services and whatnot, Um, but also the building and pest side of it. Make sure you read through those reports. Um, I've seen some very, very good reports. I've seen some very ordinary reports. Um, The ones with lots of photos, photo can paint that picture and tell you what it looks like. Um, Have a look at the report, do yourself a favour, read through it, try and understand it. If you've got someone that knows what they're talking about, obviously that, that always helps. But I, I I will then go and have a look at the property after I've had a look at the report. I can then actually see that in person. I get an understanding of what it is. Um, if there's anything, you can talk to the agent about it and say, look, we noticed this on the report, has it been rectified, has it been fixed? Some people will do that. They'll get a report and they'll actually fix the issues um, so that they're all done before the auction. So ask those questions about whether it has been repaired or not, but make sure you really understand that and have a look at the property after the report's been viewed.
0: And if you've been told that something has been fixed or rectified, ask for evidence of that um, as well, so that you've got that absolute certainty that anything has been fixed. So remember, bidding at auction, there is no cooling off period. Um, once that hammer falls, if you are the highest bidder and you've reached the reserve uh, price, then you are the buyer of the property. So. Um, you will then uh, be required to sign a contract. Now, if you've not had that contract reviewed by a solicitor, it's actually too late. You're required to sign there and then. So requesting a copy of the contract in advance and getting that reviewed by a solicitor is really important so that you understand all of the terms and conditions around that contract, especially if the seller's inserted any special conditions into the contract. Um, You really need to understand what you're signing. And whilst you're talking to the solicitor, um, if you're buying anything that is part of a body corporate scheme, it's absolutely essential that you do your digging around in relation to the body corporate records. Now there's some minimum, um, there's minimum information requirements or minimum disclosure requirements um, as part of a sale when a property is part of a body corporate scheme, and that will include a disclosure statement. Um, which forms part of the contract. However, there's so many more documents um, that a proper inspection of body corporate records should um, involve and you need to get advice from your solicitor in terms of what they're wanting to see. Um, An example is that, uh, you know, a property that we were recently looking at under a body corporate scheme, um, we had those, you know, bill, sorry, the body corporate records reviewed. The solicitor had noticed um, a couple of, Items that were not in alignment um, with with the the ongoing maintenance, I guess, of the building. So we requested further information, and and what we showed, what that showed, is that there was a significant cost to one of the units in the complex that was already budgeted, but not yet paid. So what that showed is that the body corporate funds would have gone into a negative balance after the payment of those costs, which would have likely triggered um, a special levy for all body corporate owners. Now, that property was listed for sale by auction. Um, Once a contract was entered into, the cost of any future levies would become the responsibility of that property buyer. So it's really important that you understand everything about a body corporate scheme up front before you buy because the worst possible situation is that you're buying into something that's going to cost you a lot more than the price that you pay on the contract, especially if there's special levies raised as part of a body corporate scheme.
1: I guess the only other due diligence that, you, that is a probably a bit of a tip, and if you've got the time for this, um, we obviously do, um, is, is to actually do some due diligence on the auctioneer. Yeah. Um, get an understanding of their language, how they talk, um, how they approach things, when they're, when they're putting things on the market, how they're going to sell, where they negotiate. Um, just understand a bit more about the auctioneer. Um, that's usually a good thing, to understand that language, they, the way they talk and their techniques.
0: Yeah, it's a really interesting one because you know people assume that all auctioneers are the same. Um, in fact, that's just very much um, incorrect. Every auctioneer will have their own style. Some auctioneers will... Um, will maintain the pace of an auction much faster. And if you're not used to that, um, that can cause a lot of stress and anxiety if you are a bidder at those auctions. Um, So it's really important to understand the style. And if you do get the chance to, um, first of all, ask who is the auctioneer and then watch a few of their auctions prior, it will make you feel more comfortable when bidding under auction conditions if you are um, you know, being controlled by that auctioneer on the day.
1: I guess this leads... I mean, the auctioneer will try and also this is just on the auctioneer and some of the techniques that they will try and control how people bid as well. So if they're going up in 100,000s or 50s, whatever it may be, um, just to know that, you know, what you can do and what you can't do. Um, and the auctioneer obviously trying to drive drive that property and, and as the sale goes as well.
0: And obviously their job is to get the best possible price for the vendor in conjunction with the sales agent. So they'll always be looking to extract um, as much as possible out of the bidders who are registered at the auction. This leads us into mistake number three that we're going to talk about today. Um, and that is, you know, admitting inexperience or showing inexperience as a property buyer. Um, and we see evidence of this every single weekend and even at midweek auctions. There's a lot of inexperienced bidders that um, end up paying more than they should simply because they are being um, persuaded, if you like, by the auctioneer, and they don't understand the rules of the auction campaign or the auction process.
1: Now, now this is this is not uncommon. I mean, when, when you think about it, if you actually think about it in real life, I mean, how many times does someone actually go and bid at an auction? So probably not very many times in your whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we do it for a living. This That's part of our job. Um, we're at auctions every single weekend. We're watching, we're bidding, we're, we're actually doing that actively all the time. So it's... Admitting that, I mean, people obviously you don't do it too often, but to walk in and say, "Oh, this is the first time I've ever done it," and I heard that literally a couple of weekends ago, um, a lady turned up. The auctioneer was, was the auctioneer and the agent were lovely; they were really friendly, but she she did say, oh, "I've never bid at auction before. This is the first time ever." <laughs> so,
0: and that's always um, you know a bit of a red flag when we hear that because straight away we think, "Okay, let's watch how the auctioneer and the sales." agent um play on this weakness of the bidder Um, and for example you know just a couple of weeks ago we witnessed a buyer who was registered to bid asking the sales agent whether they actually have to bid um, the amount that the auctioneer is asking for. So bids were going up in $25,000 increments. We heard them pull the sales agent aside and, and, and they, act, uh, they asked the question, or oh, do we have to bid in $25,000 increments? Now, you know, mistake number one, it was loud enough for everybody else that was there to, to hear, but it also shows these are inexperienced bidders. Um, they're not confident in the process, um, and therefore there's there's opportunity to intimidate bidders like that when you are up against some professional bidders. So understanding the process and understanding um, that you can actually uh, put forward a bid of any value, not just what the auctioneer is asking for, but of any value. Um, It is you as the buyer that dictates the amount to bid. However, the auctioneer can uh, choose not to accept your bid. So there's no requirement of you to bid in the increments that the auctioneer is suggesting. But as a property buyer, um, you can vary the increments of the bids that the auctioneer is asking for, and that's something to take away from the podcast today.
1: Yeah, I think at the end you've only got to be just in front. You don't have to win it by a country mile. So um, asking the prop- asking uh, if the property's on the market, That's probably another one we hear quite a lot um, where people will say, oh, it's a property on the market. They don't actually have to announce that it's on the market.
0: No, but sometimes their sales language um, that will change, that we are selling, we are selling. Um, so it's important to understand the the style of every auctioneer, but it is also important to know that you, if you are there to buy and you are registered, it's your job to actually assist the auctioneer to bring the property onto the market if you are willing to pay what the um what the where the auction, if you're willing to bid to an amount that the auction's already at, it's it makes no sense to wait to see if the property's on the market if you still have capacity within your predetermined budget. So we often hear buyers say, oh, I'm just going to wait and I'll bid if the property comes onto the market. Well, the auctioneer needs you to bid to bring the property onto the market. So um, it's a bit of a vicious circle if people are holding back in that regard.
1: So assuming the property, if it passes in, um, so if they say, look, you know, we're gonna pass the property in and we'll go and negotiate. The person that holds the highest bid, you don't get exclusive rights to negotiate.
0: And again, that is something that is specific here to Queensland, unlike other states. Um, and it's important for property buyers to understand that. As soon as a property passes in here in Queensland, um, anyone that was registered to bid does have the opportunity to put forward an offer as well as other buyers who may not have been able to bid under auction conditions. So they are the conditional buyers. So it opens up the potential um, competition for the property. So the seller in that instance may be prepared to accept an offer that might be a higher price with conditions if they cannot sell under auction conditions on the day so that's definitely something to keep in mind don't hold out thinking just because you're the highest bidder you'll get the exclusive right to negotiate that's not how it works here.
1: and assuming the um one little one the assume is the, the vendor's bid so when they if they announce that it, it's a vendor's bid um, it's not the same as a register's bid um, it is a vendor's bid obviously to try and get that level up a little bit more um, and the only other one that i'd throw at the end is just have it in your mind and limit don't change limit just because of the hype of the day and getting caught up have a walkaway price. You're happy to walk away. Even if someone pays $1,000 more, that's your limit and that's you to walk away from it.
0: And look, we see the inexperience on property buyers when we know they're approaching their limit. Their body language says it. Um, they start having conversations and whispering in each other's ears. Um, you can see on their face um, that their facial expression will change. And, and that's our job as professional bidders to identify these pain points in people. But this is what inexperienced bidders do. Um, often do. So it's really important that you maintain that poker face so you're not giving anything away. Um, best bet and our tip in relation to this is get experience, learn everything there is to know about an auction before you get there on auction day. And if you don't have time to learn, um, engage professionals who can assist you. There will be a fee involved, of course. However, uh, we've seen property buyers pay tens of thousands of more than they needed to pay simply because they get caught up in the hype of an auction and in fact a classic example is um, just recently we saw a property buyer um, when a property was already announced on the market give the auctioneer $25,000 because he asked for it and they were the highest uh, bidder after the auctioneer asked for that. Now that's just an example of where an extra one or $2,000 might have got the property across the line but because the bidder was inexperienced they gave the auctioneer exactly what he asked for, and therefore they paid twenty five thousand dollars more than the, the underbidder. Now that's you know an example of where professional assistance could have provided um, you know some security for that buyer, so they didn't have to overpay.
1: Yeah, and I think they would have saved their money uh, on that help as well on that one as well. Um, so not wanting to bid, we see this quite a lot where they'll you know people will register for an auction, the auctioneer will open it up for bidding, and everyone. It's just, you can hear a pin drop. It's just dead silence. No one wants to actually put their hand up. Um, Look, on this one, if you're there to bid um, and you want to buy the property, just put your hand up and bid and see if you can actually and talk to people talk and let the the auctioneer know you're here to bid and, and do a little bit of confidence
0: and I think it comes with having confidence in the price of the property and the value of the property and we see a lot of buyers don't have that level of confidence if you've done your research prior to auction day you know what other properties have sold for in the area that are comparable sales and you have a firm budget in mind um if you reach that budget, you will not go over that budget, then that will enable you to be confident. And I guess it comes with preparation, making sure you are preparing in advance so that you can be confident on auction day and don't change any predetermined budget uh, because of the auction hype. So that's mistake number four, Um, people not wanting to actually put a bid in because they're scared and fearful and they're not confident and educated. So the way to overcome that is actually to... um, to be prepared, do your research up front, and have your maximum bid limit um, preset.
1: Yeah, have a bid. Don't wait. Don't wait for the auction to be on the market, and have a bid if you want to. If you want to buy it. So number five, we see this quite a lot, um, which is which is quite interesting. One, this one, engaging a sales agent to bid on your behalf on the phone.
0: Yeah, it's something that we see all the time. So obviously, sales agents are fielding inquiry from buyers that may not be local buyers. And when it comes time for the auction, um, there might be a couple of agents from the sales agent's office who are on the phone with the registered bidder um, who is actually there to buy the property. And that registered bidder can't be there in person, so they're, they're taking phone bids now. There's so many um, issues that we see with this approach because the buyer that's on the phone has absolutely no visibility of other bidders and their body language. And so when you're there in person, you can actually physically see when people are reaching their limit through their body language, but you've also got visibility on how many other people you are bidding against. And you're blind to all of that if you're on the phone to um, a sales agent.
1: So, I mean, and that is an interesting one. I mean, the, the sales agents is actually, they're working for the vendor, they're working for the seller. Um, so obviously they're going to try and you know tell them well this is what you're going to have to bid yes it's a free service um, and we understand that it is a free service and most most sales, sales agents will offer that as well um, it gets an extra bidder for them but as you said you just you can't see what's actually happening there live you know what people are doing if people are putting their head down if they're walking away if they're shaking their head you can't see any of that so you know I mean, just to it's an interesting one why people do it, um, whether it's just to save a little bit of money. um, But it's an interesting one that they do engage someone that's actually working for the person that's trying to sell and get the highest price.
0: Instead of engaging, you know, independent professionals such as a buyer's agent who can bid on their behalf. But, you know, the other thing in relation to having a sales agent on the phone, um, as your bidder, um, is that the buyers only ever hear what the sales agent's telling them on the phone. It's, much harder for them to even hear other bidders. Um, And sometimes it's even hard for them to hear uh, the auctioneer themselves. Now, during the worst of COVID, when there were a lot of lockdowns and there were some auctions that took place via um, electronic platforms, we had represented clients in phone bidding. So we know what it is like as a registered bidder to be represented by a sales agent. And the the lack of clarity and the lack of visibility um, really put us on our back foot and and didn't help us to provide an advantage for our client. Being there in person is where you can really get um, full transparency over who else is bidding when they're reaching their bid limits. And then you can define a strategy to assist um, to make sure that you're the, the winning bidder, if, especially if people are approaching their limit.
1: Yeah. So look on that one. I, I think the tip on that one is look, if you can't do it, you can't do it in person. You probably need to engage someone that has your interest um, and only your interest, not, not a mixed type of interest in there. So, look, engage someone to help you with that service. Um, That's probably the tip on that one.
0: Mistake number six, and we are nearly there. Um, This is uh, a big one, letting emotions uh, blur good judgment. Now, you know, this happens all the time at auction. You know, what's an extra $500 or $1,000? And even if you have a predetermined set budget, um, sometimes the emotion on the day means that you'll just stretch above that, just stretch above that. And that can actually lead to overpaying. Um, people become a little bit fearful that FOMO sets in or fear of missing out, especially if there's a property that is competitively sought after at auction. Um, but it's important to know that, you know, there there must be a walkaway price that you're prepared to pay at any auction. And you need to actually um, draw a line in the sand in relation to what that figure is. And don't change it on auction day just because you're feeling emotional, fearful or scared that you're going to miss out. Because um, making big purchasing decisions under that level of stress, emotion and anxiety um, can lead to regret later.
1: Yeah, I think definitely, definitely set that limit. Um, Don't get caught up in the. You know, um, auctioneer saying the more the more you pay, the more it's worth. Things like that. Mm -hmm. That's one of their lines they like to use. Um, I guess a little tip on that one: not only set your limit, but um, try not to finish on a round number. Mm, There's good tip. There's a tip for you. Um, We'll jump number seven straight after that one. Just probably finance. That's probably one thing that we do see: making sure that you've actually got finance organised,
0: especially in the current environment. We are seeing that people's borrowing capacity is changing every month as interest rates change in the current um, environment. So if you are working with a bank or a broker, it's so important that you are um, in regular contact to ensure that the changes in interest rates are not impacting your borrowing capacity. Some buyers who may be relying on pre approvals from two or three months ago may find that they no longer have the same capacity as they did um, two or three months ago because interest rates have increased in that time. So, absolutely critical that you are working regularly with your mortgage broker and that you confirm what your bid limit is and provide the property address to your bank or mortgage broker prior to going to that auction so that you can have a level of comfort and certainty knowing that that property. Um, and the price that you are prepared to pay for that property is still going to be within your affordability based on your lending capacity. Huge tip and something that buyers must keep in mind in the current um, environment that we have.
1: Well, I think that that's our seven. So hopefully that's been helpful. Hopefully people got some good tips out of those from us. Um, as I say, we you know we do this every week. So um, if people are after any sort of auctioning um, bidding ex. Um, experts to to help them out, reach out to us at Streamline Property Buyers, always happy to help and chat to people. A few good tips there for people. It's always been um, good talking. Um, And I will, as usual, let Melinda wrap it up until next week. Um, Take care and bye for now.
0: So thanks for joining us once again. We do hope some of those tips are useful, or at least we've identified to you some of the mistakes that we see buyers making when bidding at auction. Ultimately, the most important thing is that buyers eliminate the emotion. They're better prepared when they are bidding for auction. They stay objective during the auction as well. And if they need professional assistance to achieve those outcomes, our team are here to help. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. As always, if you've enjoyed our content, please share this episode and the podcast as a whole with your friends and family. And if you get a chance to leave us a review, we would really appreciate that. Until next week, Hope you have a great time between now and then. We'll talk to you again then. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature, and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you like today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes, and of course, tell your friends about us.